Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am Savanya Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. Amidst investigating the blood shortage, Val picked up a reinforced cherry from the shop. Evangeline found evidence that Cleopatra's murder was a coordinated attack, and Doris inadvertently helped Troy by knitting costumes for her cats. Meanwhile, Everett was amazed to find that Stella was grateful. But she also suggested that, should New Haven fail, he considered destroying all its kindred. What new complications will Vinland von Kindred's article throw at the coterie? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. Barty has left, returning to the station, and you are all left to investigate, along with your new assistant, Nurse Stella Carson, and uh, a newspaper. The Ventru have begun to put out an actual newspaper within New Haven. Uh, As you all read it over, you realize that it is carefully excluding any mention of vampirism. It Mm. is clear Mm. that if a paper leaves town, it will not in any way blow the masquerade, uh, which is infuriating because it means you can't shut it down. Uh, But everything is also written in enough coded language and and couched carefully enough that it's also clear to anyone from New Haven exactly what's going on. It doesn't read like we're pretending the news is normal. It's very clearly a newspaper by vampires for vampires Mm -hmm. uh, just put out in a limited run. Uh, And it is gunning for your sheriff as basically being an idiot. Uh, It covers what's been going on with Harv. It recaps the history of the massacre at the town hall meeting back when Everett first came on board. Uh, It also points out that he did not know about the Harv Agreement, uh, which is an interesting change in the overall narrative, as opposed to, oh, he's trying to, as you'd seen with Vinland before, just force people into servitude of the prince. Uh, It's now implying that he doesn't understand the vampire laws, uh, possibly even the mortal laws. Is that better or worse? You're not sure, but it's in the paper. Uh, Other than continuing your investigation, uh, I'd I'd just love to hear all of your reactions to this news. I don't know if you say anything to each other, what your reactions are to reading this article, who reads it in what order. I don't think there's a world where not everyone reads it, but... No. Evangeline kind of careful, just like kind of avoids everyone's looks because... She's aware that her kind of more forceful action toward Vinland may have, like, helped 
in his wanting to, you know, get some retribution on the office in general. Um, <laughs> Can you make that sound again? <laughs> is Evangeline making that sound or is that just Laura? Uh, Evangeline. Love it. Quietly to herself, though. <laughs> like, I think you hear, can, like... I was say, can everyone roll me uh, a wits and awareness? Everyone? It's just yeah. like, as she's reading it, you hear the... <laughs> Two successes. Four successes. <sighs> Two successes. Everyone hears her make that sound. <laughs> she is trying to do it quietly to herself. And Stella Carson just goes, wow, vampires can hear everything. <laughs> <laughs> and you were going to say, though, Doris. No, I think I think just Everett's going to hear us, um, Doris's voice coming from behind a particularly stall, like tall stack of papers. She says... Um, I can go talk to Benlind if you like, sir. Make sure this doesn't happen again. It's, uh... It's not important right now. Maybe later. I mean, I don't know if Benlind realizes that, you know, it's one thing to criticize the police and that kind of thing of a regular town. But when you are shaking public opinion of the sheriff of New Haven, well, that might be the end of New Haven. Uh, so I think it might be a good idea to, you know, explain to him what he could be doing. Uh, right. But not right now. Explain. It's not people need blood. People are losing blood. It's not important what this newspaper says about me right now. All right. Thank you, Val. Val, what are you what are you thinking? Oh man, Val. Val's like <laughs> fucking fucking team New Haven right here, and Val is so sick <laughs> of reading fucking paperwork. Val needs to read this newspaper and and find <laughs> if there's any shit said about any of the rest of us. That's what Val needs right now. <laughs> Great. Uh, you're, you're, I mean, I'm like, that's not going to be a roll. You can read a paper. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that hard. Uh, no, it appears to just be about the sheriff. It occasionally refers to the department under him. But mm -hmm. vampire society is really clear. If you are working for the sheriff, you actually can't make mistakes. The, your mistakes are the sheriff's mistakes because the sheriff empowered you with that authority. Right. The only person who can really punish those mistakes, because again, it's powered by the sheriff's authority, is the prince or princess or prinks of the area, which in your case is the incredibly absent, uh, vaguely because of political reasons, but also a mercenary army, Toaster Rosa. Toaster Rosa does not appear to give a solitary shit about what is going on in New Haven outside of it's his now. Uh, and that level of territorialism is relatively common amongst high-ranking vampires. So uh, the sheriff being clueless negatively reflects on the department, but there's no direct attacks on Val or Evangeline or Doris. Man, Doris didn't even say anything about your fucking festival. Sorry. Oh, they didn't? I didn't even think about that. Well, now I have more ammunition to go to him with. 
When the time is right, of course. Val, you do notice on the last page that there is an extended digital edition online. Oh, oh, <laughs> no. we got to go look this up. Too bad there's no computers in here. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently there's fucking more on the Internet. Oh, we have to all pull out our phones, though. Okay. Right? It We're doesn't matter right now. <laughs> Evangeline's already reading We're it. We're so bored of this paperwork. We need <laughs> some stimulation mentally. <laughs> <laughs> I like that that was a blend of both Dell and Val. That yeah. was like, that, that yeah. was perfect. The Venn diagrams were one circle. Yeah. Um, so you, you all read through the digital online version and see that included, I mean, Doris doesn't. There's no fucking not. way Doris does. Um, but you read through and see that there is, in fact, a review of the Friendship <gasps> Festival that is covered as an event. And the coverage is overall positive. Uh, it's not an article by Vinland von Kindred, but it's by uh, another venture, a name you don't recognize. Uh, Val, you're the most familiar with the town. Can you roll me a wits and awareness? Three successes. Three successes. It is not the name of a venture that you're aware of being in town. Uh, but this doesn't make you suspicious because you're aware. This probably means it may have been also written by Vinland von Kindred, but they're pretending the paper's bigger than it is. So, oh, like, no. there's just multiple bylines. Uh, it seems like people enjoyed the event. Overall, uh, the the feelings were positive. People had a good time. There was a freak out with snakes at the end that originally enraged some of the press. But... It seems to have kind of blown over. So overall, nice review. Seems like it did more good than harm, which I think may as well be the motto of this department in last. <laughs> <laughs> I think it did more good than harm. Oh, yay. All right, well. Does anybody want to tell Doris that who can't read anything digitally? <laughs> I'm working. I'm not. If Val doesn't, Evangeline will. No, Val's going back to work. Evangeline can have that one. Yeah. Uh, Doris, um, I mean, generally people seem to like the festival. Oh, did they write about it in the evil box? Y yeah. Yeah. G generally favorable. You know, minus it, the whole snake thing, but... I was yeah. going to ask if they yeah. made a special note about the snakes. Oh, yeah. Right. Good. Well, maybe we can have them next time for the next festival. Perhaps paint uh, snakes in a better light. No, 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 no. The snakes were like the bad part of the festival. The rest was good. Right. But we'll use the next festival to change the public opinion on snakes. Okay, we'll Doris, do a are you pitching snake, a snake tent festival for Doris. right now. <laughs> Be careful what you say, Doris. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful what y'all suggest for terror. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, what, Ryan? Oh, don't, don't worry. I never thought I would get to write down the words snake festival question mark on my general tracking <laughs> oh, sheet, but no. now I can. <laughs> no. But after this nice break, uh, you all have to return to your investigations. Uh, they do go faster and much more easily with Stella Carson. Um, she is used to the handwriting of the doctors. She can translate all the stuff that you normally would have to spend like 20 minutes trying to figure out. <laughs> she can read as though it's English. She's very surprised that any of you are struggling with this language in that way that like a veteran in the medical field is not confused. Uh, however, she ends up at one point taking an hour to just teach you what letters look like when written by very stupid doctors. So oh. it's like learning a new alphabet. It's not fun, 
But once you do, uh, it's a lot easier to do the work. So I'm going to set up kind of two things to happen at the same time so we can do some mechanics. We can do a little bit, a bit of flavor of, of some of the work over time. So I would like each of you to roll me an intelligence or a wits and an investigation. Uh, you can choose which, whether you're kind of looking for stuff and just kind of trusting anything that seems out of the way or intelligence is specifically mathing it out. Ryan, because we have like all the papers here and aren't looking outwards, can I use my academics investigation instead? Yes, that that would work for me. Cool. Sorry, you said intelligence and awareness? Uh, I would say awareness is an easy one or investigation uh, if you wanted to be like trying to math it out. Everybody, the nice thing is you all kind of get a chance to play to your own strengths here. Yeah. Um, Cause you're all investigating in your own ways uh, within this, this overall stack. And the other thing is uh, as you are working, this is kind of like over time, but Stella is a brand new vampire and is nervous about being uh, a vampire. Cause there's so much stuff she doesn't know in that sense of when someone goes and has an experience that you don't have. And then you, you've understood it from the outside, very ephemerally. But now you're doing the exact same thing uh, and you're there. Uh, Stella is looking for a piece of advice about being a vampire from each of you. So I, 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 will, I will need to know that. And then we will go over the results of these roles to see what is found over the time that you spend working. Well, I'm one success. <laughs> Great. So what's your piece of advice? No, no. Um, <laughs> yep, you trapped yourself. You came Shit. in first. No, no. Um, um, hmm. I think she'll look Stella dead in the eye, totally serious, and says, if you're ever in a situation where a king offers you a coffin made of gold, don't do it. And then offers zero more explanation. <laughs> Does that happen a lot? I can't talk about it. <laughs> she looks to Val. Does that happen a lot? Not in my fucking experience. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll uh, I'll keep an eye out for it. Uh Val, what did you roll? I got two successes. Okay. And what were you rolling just for my brain? I was rolling wits and investigation. And Doris, what were you rolling? I was rolling uh, intelligence and awareness. Okay. What is your piece of advice to Stella, Val? Well, most of, most of my fucking advice is not going to be useful to you because you live in this fucking town and you don't kill people. So, I don't know. Stay out of the fucking sun. Sometimes it's easy to forget when it happens. Okay, so I... Did, should I, like, set an alarm? Like, how, how do you do that with something that isn't going to, like, run out of batteries? Like, how do you know when sun's coming up? Well, eventually you get used to it because you start to feel tired when it happens. You know, you'll, your body will correct for it, but you having a fucking watch will help for a while. Okay, I'll get a watch. I'll get a watch. Uh, Evangeline, what did you roll? Uh, four successes, and that was Ooh. intelligence plus academics, and I have, like, an investigation slash speed read thing in that. Wow. Cool. <sighs> um... Okay, so 
a lot of curtains that are labeled blackout curtains aren't 100% blackout. So you have to be really careful, okay? I can tell you the best, like the the right brands that when they say blackout, they mean blackout. You can still sleep in your own bed, it's fine. You don't need a coffin or anything like that. It just needs to be like super dark. So anyways, I'll, I'll give you a list. That's really useful, thank you. Uh, she's thrilled with that one. That feels like the most functional piece of advice because right now it was insane gold coffin, no help. <laughs> <laughs> and stay out of the sun, which felt a little obvious, but, you know, she'll take what she can get. Yours was, like, functional, useful, good piece of advice. She's excited about that one. Everett, what did you roll? I rolled on wits and investigation for successes. All righty. Uh, and what is the piece of advice you have for your child, as they say yeah. in the vampire world? It's got an E at the end. C-H-I-L-D-E. Child. Child. I am. <clears throat> I'm going through the process of learning this for myself as well. So I'm not an expert, but I'll kind of give you a little leg up. You don't have to do all the kind of hard learning that I had to do before I was helped through this by someone else. Um, there is a, uh, a dark part of you now that you will never be able to part ways with completely. Um, it's just part of the package deal of what your life is going to be like for forever. Um, I have heard it referred to as uh, a, a beast or the beast, and I think that's fairly appropriate. Um, and what I've learned, and I'm still learning, is that um, you can't reject the beast outright. It's a part of you. You have to learn to live with it. You have to, at times, embrace it. There's going to be... There's going to be a lot of work ahead of you regarding that. Uh, it's about controlling it, not rejecting it. It's about rerouting these urges to be more constructive than just lashing out at people you care about, people you're caring for as a nurse. Uh, it's going to be an important journey for you. Yeah, I'm not great with aggression. I'm kind of one of those people who tries to bottle up emotions and then theoretically the bottles just float away in the sea and then I don't ever have to explore the negative ones. Yeah, uh, me is too. It, do, do you talk to somebody about what you're you're dealing with or is, I like, do. is it is yeah. there therapy? What what is it? Yeah, I do. Uh therapy helped me a lot. Uh you find yourself a good kindred therapist if there is one. Can you, like, re refer me to your therapist? I don't know that she has any availability at this time, but I will talk to her about it, see if she can pencil you in. But I would encourage you to look elsewhere also, just, you know, in case she can't accommodate you. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, look, I'll look into that. Okay. Yeah, she's more stressed out after that explanation but it's probably like the the actually most useful piece of advice about a new vampire anyways turns out everett passed the dad check yeah. <laughs> 
Hello, Gav. It's your boy, Ridley, and I'm here to talk to you about maybe a way you should be contributing to this little organisation. Everyone knows, as you look around, there's a lot of bear boys. And, you know, to be a bear boy, you've got to be a bear and you've got to be, well, not exactly a boy, but you've got... The important thing is, you've got to pay your fucking dues is what you've got to do. And right now, I just know from looking at the numbers, there are a lot more fucking people out there than there are inside my fucking gang. And what I'm saying is, if you want to join up and get access to me and all the cool fucking toys and other fucking treats I've got for all you little bear boys and girls and theys and thems and fucking alls out there, go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. You do that. You're on the inside. Come talk to me on a Patreon-exclusive Discord. Why don't you throw some names into the show? Why don't you build an NPC to join my fucking gang? I'm just saying, if you sign up, you won't regret it. And if you don't sign up, maybe you fucking will. So you finally gather around to go over the evidence that you have uncovered. Uh, and review the the various theories that you have in place and the things that are going on. So, Doris, what you bring to the table uh, is that the people who seem to have been uh, tapped out of blood, who either fainted during draws or anything like that when they come into the hospital, seem to be random. Uh, They're not all from one of the quarters. They're not all from a certain walk of life. It seems to be kind of unpredictable and spread throughout the city. Val, uh, you find the same thing, only to you it stands out even more so because it seems like it's consciously random. Normally Mm -hmm. there would be little bursts of, oh, here's a group of people from this one block. Oh, there's also people from there. So it means somebody smart enough to to spread things out, um, but not smart enough to spread it out in a way that seems organic. Mm -hmm. Whereas Evangeline and Everett are both living for this shit. Uh, Everett, this is the first time you've got to do classic police work in the same sense that you would have tracking large-scale movements, trying to hunt for, like, a serious gang, a serial killer, any of this kind of work, which is deeply satisfying unto itself. You've got big stakes. As a police officer, I think it's safe to say Everett was the guy who wanted to be given the ball to, like, run it down the field. Like, that's where he's ready to deliver. Yeah. Uh, and Evangeline, you haven't been able to dive into a traditional case like you wanted to do as a journalist forever, where you could get into kind of a bunch of forensic evidence, break it down, and build the narrative throughout it. So Yeah, man. This is what, so great. What you two put together, and I think it's very satisfying for both of you to have come to the same conclusion while also kind of red boxing your ideas. So you both walk to the table and present roughly the same information that seems corroborated by the group is there is someone, an individual unlikely, possibly a group um, who is scoring extra blood off of the people of New Haven. They appear to have spread it out. They appear to have mapped it out so that it will be subtle It will be spread around. And if you hadn't been in this specific blood crunch, you never would have noticed. It was subtle enough that if your vampires had stayed anywhere approaching the level, like basically without the pyramid showing up, it wouldn't have triggered this last bit of of protocol. It was was clearly and cleverly hidden away. Um, The challenge is, under the the pressures you're seeing now, it's clear that this is a, a, a direct, uh, clever actor. 
They, they are doing things in a smart way to have gone undetected. The thing that's interesting is even with the pressure on the hospital, it's still happening. So whether they're aware of your investigation or not, you don't know. But they've got to be aware that this is causing a problem. If they're smart enough to map this out, then they're smart enough to know. So you're not sure why they're still continuing this or if they'll go underground really, really quickly. Your best chance to try to figure out what's going on is to talk to somebody who is kind of being blood shorted uh, because you don't know if they are actively participating in the process, if they're having it stolen from them at night, if it's being taken from them and they're being dominated. None of this would have theoretically come up in their intake interviews. Either they'd be actively hiding it or they just wouldn't know that it was an issue. You're not seeing them in any way coming in with medical problems or concerned about the fact that they fainted. You're not seeing that in the records. Uh, and Stella can confirm they haven't had any people reporting anything weird like that. And Ryan, you, just to be clear, it's the same people repeatedly? It appears that it is yeah, okay. over time. Um, the, the pattern would suggest that. Uh, you are all aware, especially once uh, you talk about it, once you get into it, that there is always a bit of an illicit blood trade going on. Not usually people selling their blood directly, but there, especially when it comes to the Nosferatu quarter and kind of the clubbing and the partying, there are going to be mortals who are into vampires and vampires who are into mortals. And there's going to be like small amounts of blood trading that's going to be going on there, just like people being consensually bitten. Um, nobody who's in New Haven is uh, a a creepo who would attack anyone else in New Haven to take blood. Uh, they did a lot of testing before they brought people in. Uh, even the new arrivals, like obviously with the pyramid, it's a little more questionable, but they seem to be politically savvy. And this problem predates them pretty significantly. So you don't think that's, yeah. uh, that's the overall core. That process, as you've learned from Alabaster Kane, is illegal for anybody to be like letting vampires feed on them. Nope, it's all supposed to go to the central blood bank. But it's one of those crimes that's just not really worth pursuing until now when it's getting a lot more questionable. Uh, you make a, a list of the people who have who have been in kind of most recently. And the most recent person to pass out uh, during their exam is William Walker, uh, a gentleman from in town. So if you're looking for someone to talk to, that would be the most obvious source. And then you could just work your way down the list to talk to more uh, and other candidates that are involved in the overall process. You do have William Walker's address and phone number. Like, you've got everything you need for Mr. Walker. Is there a way at this point uh, to deduce, you know, we're, we're seeing that it's this, uh, like the same victims are, are coming up. Mm -hmm. It appears to be random, but is there any way to deduce who the next victim might be from the pool of regulars? The interesting thing is, with the number of successes that you've had in Stella's help, when you look at it, it appears that it's been the same people for a consistently long period of time. That it's not something that new people have been kind of brought into this process. It seems like once they hit some kind of informal capacity and you're not sure what, like, why that number is, it's been steady for, for a significant number of, like, Are weeks to months. Are they all single? Uh, no, but you have seen that generally in couples, if they, they are a part of it, both of them both appear of them. to be a part of it. How many are we talking roughly? Having run the numbers, you are confident that there are at least 200 people that have been loosely involved in this. You expect <gasps> wow. it to be more, 
but you only have 200 cases or, or kind of ballpark 200 cases where they have had repeated issues when they have come into the hospital. Oh. So you can see that pattern building over time. The possibility of there being more is quite high. Uh, it's just they may not have had the same consistent issue. There are people who just kind of pass out when they give blood. There are people who have other medical issues that can affect their ability to deliver. And they aren't quite as steady as this kind of like 200 that you're pretty sure are are involved. Uh, again, this isn't all of their blood is missing. This mm -hmm. is somebody skimming off the, the approximate total that they're doing. That's a lot of people. How many vampires do we think that would feed? Uh, it, it could be anywhere that you would collectively know from one vampire just fucking dosing like absolute fucking insanity to several vampires just okay. topping up their abilities over over an ongoing time. Like, uh, Also, you don't know, like for you, Doris, it could be blood magic and rituals that require stuff being burned mm. way faster mm -hmm. than regular day-to-day -day kind of society. So how how... To think of the use of blood, obviously there's like you wake up every morning there. If you're going to use abilities, you've got rouse checks for it. So if somebody wanted to use their abilities a lot, it would require a greater amount of blood. It's one of the reasons why, and this is all like stuff you'd know, which is why I'm not needing you to like tell this to yeah. each other or trying to relay this in world. But you stock way more blood for each of you individually at the station than you do for the regular citizenry. This is not a, we've got a blood bank, everybody just gets an unlimited amount of blood. Mm -hmm. It's it's rationed, it's controlled. So vampires all confidently have the ability to be full every day and still have some use of their abilities. But in New Haven, you don't need the ability for your regular vampires to mind white people on the street. You don't need the ability yeah. to fight. You don't need the ability to stealth in the same way that you do elsewhere. Otherwise, the city would have to be bigger. So right. that the use of blood is like for healing secret injuries that they don't want anybody to know about. There's the possibility of selling it to people outside of New Haven. Mm -hmm. It could be used by vampires to juice up their own abilities here or elsewhere. Or it could be uh, a part of rituals or being kind of stolen and ejected from the town economy. There are also just vampires who are really into blood, where they're like, I like drinking blood, as established. If a person is drunk and you drink their blood, a vampire can get drunk in a way that they can't normally. If a person is high, they can get high in a way that they don't mm. normally. And you've had VH come in, where it's purposefully mixing drugs and blood, and that is also uh, a market that is of interest to vampires. Or, you know, people like kindred blood as well, but you're not seeing anything obvious about it, the trade being reversed. With the number of people passing out, in fact, you think that's unlikely because if you were to take blood from a mortal and then ghoul them, they wouldn't have these problems. Mm. So I I guess we should talk to this William Walker. I mean, might as well start there. I agree. That's a good starting point. Uh, we have his address. Uh, I'm ready to move out if y'all are ready to... Come along with me. All right. All right. Glad to get out of this fucking room. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll uh, I'll refile the papers, and you just see Stella <laughs> looking around the room and think for a moment at these vast stacks of things that are completely out of order. And she's like, "Let me rephrase. Gorbong is going to refile these papers, uh, and I'll keep." The general hospital running. Uh, is there is there anything else you need from me for this case? Obviously, I've got a phone, so you can call anytime. Uh, thank you, Nurse Carson. Uh, what would be really helpful right now is to have you as a 
the sheriff's department's kind of extra set of eyes here at the hospital. Any kind of unusual activity or behavior, I'll give you my number. You can call me directly. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, be, I'll be ready for that. Uh, I'll call you if there are any problems. I won't let you down. Dad. Uh, and she turns to the rest of you because you've had some more, another two days have passed as you've worked together. So it's burnt a week before your, you have one week left before your trip to Calgary for the parlay and to meet the mysterious phone caller. Uh, she gives each of the other three of you beanies that she has also knitted uh, in her downtime between shifts. Yes. Uh, they all look equally excellent. I, I, they, if should, should you choose to wear them, they're of the quality of Everett's. Everett, you, it, it has been a, a difference when you notice him when he's wearing the beanie and not his cowboy hat. And his cowboy, <laughs> like his traditional kind of hat, he looks like the 19, you know, 1930s, 1940s noir detective. Uh, the times that you've seen him wear the beanie that he's been given, all of a sudden he jumps to like almost a Ralph Lauren model because he's got that like classic <laughs> business and jacket like oh, yeah. set up from the neck down and then a little bit of the casual with his angular features. It feels like that classic Americana meets, you know, casual modern vibes. <laughs> uh, do any of the rest of you wear your beanies? And if so, Hell how yeah. do they look? Because she would have custom made these knowing you guys better than she knew the sheriff. So I'd love to hear what they look like, uh, what color, the design, all that stuff. Doris, this is bubblegum pink with ears on it. <laughs> God. <laughs> we don't know what kind of ears they are. We don't? No. There's some if kind of animal ears. Ambiguous yeah, I was gonna say, animal if we ears? had to guess <laughs> yeah. looking at them, what would we guess they were? Bunnies. Okay. Long. Perhaps floppy. <laughs> Val, what's yours look like? Oh man, yeah, I, I think Val would feel too weird to wear it, especially after having to wear a Doris hat. But it probably does look cool and is black and maybe has studs on it or something. And but oh man, given given Val weird feelings, seeing Stella call Everett Dad too, just like nope, mm -mm, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Evangeline's will be like a kind of a bright to dark red. Uh, and she won't wear it when she's on the job because we don't, I mean, having like the sheriff's department show up to your house wearing like kind of vaguely matching beanies, I, I don't, or already not being taken seriously might not be the best look. <laughs> That's very very reasonable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, Everett, it's you and me, baby. <laughs> no, I, I, I share Evangeline's thoughts on Damn that. Damn it! I, <laughs> it's so just me. Everett would have taken it off once they got like into the car. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yep. So you all uh, trundle out, climb into the squad cars, unless uh, I don't know if you're taking newly badass Cherry now around or not, Val. Yeah, I think after after having the car. Yeah, what's the worst going to happen? <laughs> no, after getting the car fixed, I think it's more that Val doesn't want to just leave the car somewhere. So I think she would drive everybody trunk Doris and they can go see this guy. Fabulous. Would you all take one vehicle or would it be two? Uh, Everyone would be fine riding in one. Yeah. Uh, I think two is always smart in case people need, someone needs to stay and like other people need to like go and do further investigation or something. Plus Evangeline's been driving hers 
like she's had a car that she's Great. been driving to and from. So she would have arrived at the hospital in hers. So Everett, do you ride with Evangeline or Val? I'll ride with Evangeline since Val has uh, Doris for company through <laughs> through the trunk. <laughs> so you are driving to meet William Walker, uh, the the prime interviewer, inter- not a suspect, but just the, the person of interest. That is the term, the prime person of interest in this case. Uh, during this drive, you do have a chance to do, discuss what you've discovered and what else is going on. Uh, I'd love to hear some conversations from within the car, if there are any. Uh, let's start with Everett and Evangeline, because I can picture maybe what that will be like. But uh, uh, Evangeline's driving. Everett, you're in the passenger seat. Percy's in the back, curled up in uh, a wheel weld, as Percy loves to be. Uh, and you're heading to William Walker's house. Uh, are you talking about anything? What are you thinking? Uh, how, are, how are things going in the car? Uh, Evangel- Evangel- I don't know if, if Everett talks immediately, but... I, I would imagine a couple moments of not. <laughs> Let's hear that it much. if you got something. Let's hear it. Um, uh, Evangeline says, so um, Blue Rose Hotel. It's, yeah. Yeah. Did you know that it got a new owner like the day that Cleopatra was assassinated? No, I, no, I did not. Although I suppose it makes sense that when a prince princess or prince is replaced, ostensibly, uh, a lot of property would change hands. Uh, but it was like the same, it was literally like the day of. Who's the new owner? It's some mortal person. Who was the previous owner? A different mortal person. Are they alive? Uh, I mean, on paper, according to records, yeah. To be clear, the original owner, dead. Died oh. the day of the transfer. Current yes, owner thank alive. you. Yes, that's correct. Well, the original owner, I mean, they died too. Uh, Same day as Cleopatra. Yeah. So well, It's hard to believe that's a coincidence now then, isn't it? The yes. current owner... Just so we've got the notes down, because you would know this, is named Mads Tritt. Yeah, some person named Mads Tritt is the new owner. So, I mean, could be mortal, could be a ghoul. But, like, they're a a real, real person, registered person. The Note Nostra chose that as the place to negotiate it's reasonably assumed that mr trid is somehow in with the kindred mafia yeah probably that's real good to know you've been doing some uh investigating on your during your downtime is that right officer clark yeah well that's some fine work officer uh you know, fine work here about the Blue Rose Hotel, and I noticed back at the hospital records room, you did some fine work there as well. Got a real knack for picking up clues, following evidence, and putting it together into a cohesive narrative. Yeah, almost like a journalist. <laughs> almost. I would say more like a good detective. All right. 
I mean, this is the easy stuff. It's the going out, being around everyone and remembering what the human laws are versus the Camarilla laws and how that all works together. That's the shit I don't get. Well, you can work on that, can't you? Yeah. I mean, there's a theory of like, you know, pick your weakness and like work on that. But there's another theory that's just like forget your weaknesses and like make your strengths even stronger. I think if we were a police force of more than four, that might be uh, something afforded to us. But unfortunately, you, me, yeah, no, I Officer get, Barbara, I get it. And yeah, I get it. Officer Miller, we all got to wear uh, holds up the beanie. We got to wear a lot of different hats. <laughs> right. 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 So you two finish out your drive in a companionable silence, both having learned things uh, about yourselves in general. Uh, Everett, you also realize that, yeah, you, you are also in a position to be able to train these officers. Mm-hmm. And clearly with Evangeline, she's a good investigator. Yeah. The, the, she, she's never had a chance to be a beat cop. Uh, and those are the skills that you can help pass along. And it's something for you to consider with your other officers, which is what do you need to teach Val? To make yeah. Val a better officer, what do you need to teach Doris? I mean, we're not asking what can you teach Doris because that's a totally <laughs> different question, and I don't know what's possible. But like, what do you what think you might taught be versus what I can teach? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm perfect. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes. What a perfect transition to the other vehicle, Doris. You are in the trunk. Val, yeah. you are driving Cherry. Val doesn't strike me as somebody who would be yelling back to the trunk to have a conversation. Nope. But Doris is an unpredictable and majestic <laughs> woman. Uh, Doris, what are you doing in Val's trunk laying on a bed of guns? I think she's just kind of flip-flopping her, her little ears back and forth, um, kind of trying in her mind to plot the route that they're going. Uh, being like, oh, we turn left, we turn right, blah, blah, blah. And then I, I, I think just at some point, Val will just hear her shouting something like... Uh, um, when we get back to the station, don't be alarmed when one of the cats is bleeding. Cool. Cool. Val just turns Val just turns up the radio louder to cover up <laughs> the Doris in the trunk. What are you playing on your Sirius XM radio? Oh man. So because we've still... canonically established yeah, they're yeah, in yeah. all the vehicles. Yes. <laughs> She still doesn't really know how to use it, so unfortunately now it's corn because it's just stuck on whatever Will left it on last time. Oh, boy. Is there any particular corn track that Will is really into? Oh, man. I, I don't know if I even can pull a specific one. What's, like, the most generic corn song? Come on, Teenage Ryan, tell us. Oh, I mean, I yeah. have them. It's, it's yeah, let's on, get right? this party started. It's okay. blaring... Uh, and for you, you know that's Will's favorite song as it comes oh. on. So you blare it to drown out Doris and then are just hit with a wave of like, <laughs> ah, things with Will are fucked. Yep. It turns yep. out you can't drown out your feelings. Can't you can escape. just trudge up new ones. And you all arrive at an apartment building. You are in... Uh, the Nosferatu quarter. Mm. You're towards the the northern end of town. You reach an apartment building, uh, and 
I'm imagining you go inside. I, I don't know your your plan of quote unquote attack here. I use that term very vaguely because you're not necessarily attacking William, but I'm not going to say that you can't. Uh, William owns the the third floor of this building. It is a small building. They're they're wider uh, apartments. It's mm-hmm. not it's not a big tower. It's five stories tall. It's got five units in it. Each floor is a ah. unit. William is the third story of this building. Uh, it's a relatively bustling block uh, for again. A vampire town at night. There, it, it's mainly <laughs> yeah. a mortal block. There aren't very many uh, vampires living in this specific small town section. Uh, mortals, a few of them are out and about. It's a very residential area. This area is mainly homes. As we said, New Haven tends towards kind of subdivisions, towards some of the exteriors. Uh, obviously, others like the Gangrel are very warehousey because they're not as lived in. But this is a residential area. So what do you want to do as you've arrived at the building of William Walker? Um, Everett, uh, kind of sizing up the building. Um, does it appear clear to him, uh, any different methods of getting into William's unit aside from the front door? Uh, there's a front door, obviously it's up a couple of concrete steps on the side of the building. There is a fire escape, uh, there is, it starts 10 feet off the ground. You'd have to get the ladder down from it, but uh, Doris can climb walls. So it's relatively <laughs> yeah. easy to solve those problems when you need to. There's also undoubtedly a back door from the the lobby, probably to the traditional loadout. There's a couple of dumpsters you would guess from the front of the building. Uh, it's very much what you would anticipate. So those appear to be the only three points of egress other than the first floor. Obviously somebody could just open a window and get out pretty easily. Uh, William Walker's list is the third floor though. Yeah. So it's it's enough of a jump that you doubt a mortal would want to make that jump. A ghoul, yeah. maybe. Okay. I mean, vampire we should, no problem. We should. I mean, the person who's been or the kindred who's been doing this could be here, right? It's possible, but given the wide pool of victims, I I don't know. Yeah. Keep your eye out for anything unusual, suspicious. We have no reason to suspect. William is even aware that this is happening to him yet. Uh, yeah. So we're just here to question him, keep an eye out and see if uh, you can get into the head of a prowler or someone trying to sneak in, see if we can map out how they might be doing it. Well, I can get good. into the head of a prowler if you take me to the prowler. I have not uh, discounted that, Officer Barbara. That is uh, something I'm well aware of. And if it comes to it, I'm prepared to allow you to do just that. Um, should we, are we telling Mr. Walker what's been happening? I think it's fair to let someone who's being the victim of a crime aware that they're a victim. Perhaps he can start doing things to uh, protect himself, locking windows and doors and whatnot. Yeah. All right, everyone. Shall we head in? Okay. All right. Right. Yeah. You all enter the lobby together. One wall is mirrored, so you can see yourselves walking forwards. The other is a collection of mailboxes, just copper, that kind of brassy style that you can see in older buildings. There is a beat-up-looking elevator to the left or stairs to the right. How do you want to proceed to the third floor? Elevator. Elevator, yeah. Val's going up the stairs. (laughs) Splitting Uh, up sounds good, too. Evangeline will go up the stairs, too, just so Val's not on her own. Yeah. Not like Val can't take care of herself, but, you know. 
So it's the traditional laminate interior elevator that is a little herky-jerky and a little creaky <laughs> as you go up, but it's a fine ride. The stairs themselves, again, dingy, not super well-maintained, but not terrible. Like a lot of New Haven, it's just a shared space that nobody's really prioritizing. Uh, and you make your way up to the third floor. You end up meeting in the middle of a, a small hallway that is between both, uh, at the center of which is a door, which is the number three on it. You approach the door. the door. Yeah, a lock on the door. From inside the door, you just hear, yes, what can I do for you? William uh, Walker, this is uh, the New Haven Sheriff's Department. May may we come in? Why? Uh, we'd like to ask you a few questions about, uh, well, some criminal activity that you may or may not be aware that you're the victim of. Uh... I'm not a criminal. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, Evangeline. Seeing... Evangeline just like whispers like, I'm going around back. <laughs> and just like runs down the stairs yeah. to go to um, the back door. I'm not suggesting that you are, sir. In fact, we're investigating uh, a crime that we believe you to be the victim of, sir. Oh, well, I don't want to get robbed because I'm a vampire. Uh, and he opens his door and he's like, ah. And you look at a, a, a scrawny, hipstery-looking, like, soft boy, but with black hair that sweeps down over one eye. Uh, and he seems to just be... It, it almost looks like a, a kind of a nerd LARPing a vampire. Like, he's not really ready for it. And he's like, I'm one of you. And then one of his plastic fangs falls out. And he's like, ah, ah, fuck. I, uh, I'm, I'm one of you, he says, putting it back in. Uh, and he, he gestures, you are invited in, like all vampires need to be. Me too. Yeah. Everett gets on the radio as he like strides into the room and just says, come on up, Clark, it's fine. <laughs> One of his teeth fell out. Yes, I saw. <laughs> don't, don't talk about that, uh, he says. Uh, and you come into a, an incredibly lavish apartment. Uh, everything in here is tremendously expensive. There's a massive TV. There's every kind of video game system. There's, there's a, a super expensive PC off to one side. It's all high-end, customized leather furniture. You also see a ton of art of, of vampires, and like everything's kind of dark and gothic, and there's a couple of things that clearly were bought as high-end Batman merchandise that he has like tried to convert into just looking like bats. Uh, can all of you roll me a wits and awareness? Is Evangeline up there yet? Yeah, yeah, you, you've joined the cool. We'll say you've joined the group by now. Three successes. Nice. Dice are my friends today. Two successes from Val. Uh, four successes for Everett. Two successes for Doris. All right, yeah, you, you take this all in, uh, and it definitely adds up. Val, you look into uh, the bedroom and see that he has a, a racing car bed that has been converted into a coffin. So he clearly has, like, a coffin-ish setup. Uh, the rest of you, you look around, it's clear that, A, this guy, um, this guy smells bad. <laughs> it's clear he does not shower very much. Uh, it's clear that he does not exercise. He has abandoned all things mortal uh, and is trying to just carry that out. Uh, the big thing that uh, you spot with the most successes, so definitely, I think it was Everett who had four. I don't know if anybody topped four. 
Four no. was the most. Uh, Everett, you can see that uh, before William dashes over to like shut down his computer screen, uh, William was editing the New Haven News podcast. Uh, and you realize that William is one of the producers on the, the mortal podcast mm-hmm. that runs through town. The other thing that you all realize is this is a super fucking expensive mm-hmm. interior to a place. You've mm-hmm. been to a lot of New Haven apartments and a lot of New Haven places. Everybody is on a universal basic income, but it doesn't mean like everybody's fucking rich. It just means everybody's comfortable, which is why there's so many kind of reverted or customized spaces. This is extravagant, one might say. Hmm. Uh, and William just turns to you and says, ah, you could, you could sit down. I, I would offer you blood, but I've been too busy drinking it. I, Ha-ha. And he sits out almost, you can see he's now tapped out of vampire things that he can <laughs> say. I was going to say, uh, Doris is just kind of going to pat him lightly on the arm and just say, you can stop now. <laughs> it's okay. Can you roll me a charisma <laughs> and persuasion? Oh my god, I have so many high things in this. All right, <laughs> I'm rolling seven dice. Wow. Uh, One, two, three, four, five successes. God damn. Nice. Okay, I'm not a vampire. I'm not a vampire. I just I want to be what's so bad. Will you guys make me a vampire if I tell you what's Shh. going on? Hey, 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 it's all right, Mr. Walker. You're not in trouble or anything like that. <sighs> we do want to know what's going on, though. We very much would like to know. Yeah. Oh no! If, I, if I'm not if I'm not in trouble, don't worry about it. Everything's good. I'm not a vampire, but I'd like to be a vampire one day, well, maybe <laughs> tomorrow. And she'll kind of give Everett a look, and then just kind of say, uh, uh, "What do you do?" For work, Mr. Walker. I make the podcast. New Haven News podcast is what I do. I mean, it's, I do the podcast. It's not where you guys know. You guys know I'm not a vampire, no matter how much I fake being a vampire. It's so yeah. sad. And how much does producing this podcast pay you, Mr. Walker? I uh, It's... It's really, uh, people try to think about the money, but what I'll say is it, delivering the news. How much is, uh, does it pay you, sir? Not, I've made $10 this month and I, it was a donation from my mom. <laughs> you have a very nice apartment. Belle is walking around the room, kind of stalking around, picking random things up and putting them back down <laughs> threateningly. Uh- <laughs> please, please don't break my things. Please, I really like my things. You, uh, you got some kind of fucking benefactor or something helping you out with all this? I, I had a gambling problem that became a gambling solution. In what sort of way? I started winning a bunch of money. Is this guy lying to us? <laughs> can, can, can you roll oh, me yeah. a, uh, a wits and awareness? Can we all roll this, Ryan? Uh, anybody who thinks he might be lying can roll this. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> Three successes. Aw, twins. Aw. Four successes. Three successes. Oh, yeah, he's fucking lying. Are you kidding? Yeah. Based on his conversation <laughs> with you, this guy could not bluff. And based on his inability to pretend to be a vampire despite being surrounded by fucking vampires. Uh, he, he clearly is not going to be that like sharp. 
So, no, this is not a guy who's found an angle on gambling. So I'm going to ask you one more time, Mr. Walker, in all kindness. And, How do you uh, have such a nice apartment? Before you answer, Mr. Walker, please stop trying to lie to the New Haven Sheriff and New Haven Sheriff's Department. I can read minds. Okay, so like what happens if you break the law in New Haven? Because I heard you just get murdered. There's been a lot of violence and I don't want to get murdered. That actually is true. Yeah, the sheriff is authorized to execute people who break the laws of New Haven. I'm the sheriff, by the way. <laughs> Great. I haven't broken a single law. I don't know what you're talking about. I think you should leave. I want a lawyer. Why? Because I don't want you to murder me. I wouldn't have any reason to murder you now, would I? N- no. No. Good. So we'll stay then and ask our questions. No. <laughs> Why not, Mr. Walker? Because I'm not lying and I have not committed a crime. But if, if I had, then you might kill me. So I choose lawyer. And Doris is going to look, give Everett a glance and kind of like wiggle her fingers a little bit. And to her, that implies, like, would you like me to compel him? But I don't know if he will pick up on that. Uh, also, no, I, Val, you're fully aware. He has no right to a lawyer. Right. <laughs> that, that oh, is fair. Doris did not know this. Yeah, yeah. And and Everett would just, like, not, not quite yet, Officer Barbara. Um, Officer Miller, uh, uh, what's one of those expansive-looking gadgets you got over there? You mind tossing it over to me? Yeah. Val will have been one in her hand and yep. then toss it to Everett. Like, oh, so glad that Sheriff Fry is picking up what she's laying down here. <laughs> what, what did you toss over to him? It has to be something that looks expensive and decorative. Oh, some, it's an action kind of, figure. Some kind of fancy action figure on some heavy base. Great. It is a it is a Morbius statue of Jared Leto's <laughs> Morbius. <laughs> But cast in just pure silver, top there to bottom. There we go. Wow. Excellent. Uh, I make no move whatsoever to catch this thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. Uh, can oh. you roll me a a strength and brawl? Val. Yes, dice. Val to sure. do that. Okay. Yeah, Val, sorry. As the tosser. <clears throat> So no one has a right to a lawyer in New Haven? Nope. Nope. Camarilla right. doesn't respect those laws, and they've agreed to right. live under Camarilla laws. Right. Huh. All right. I got seven successes, and one of them was a critical, so I got nine successes. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Val, you successfully throw the statue through the television. Perfect. It's just, just smash, smash, and it arcs down... And smashes through his computer screen. So it's just a straight line of of smashing the three most expensive things in the room. And he goes, oh, God, please don't. Please don't do this. Please don't do this. You, you'll break Oops. all my things. We're not leaving until you answer our questions, Mr. Walker. But you have to make this things. difficult. I don't want to get murdered. If you don't answer our questions, I can't guarantee your safety. Will you guarantee them if I do? Can I have immunity? Yeah, yeah, I guarantee that I will not kill you if you answer my questions truthfully and fully. Oh, oh, oh thank God. Okay, I'm selling my blood to Rosemary Bellevue. 
That's who I'm selling it to. I've been selling it for a while. That's where I got all my stuff. Her name is Rosemary Bellevue. That's who you want. That's who I'm assuming you're here about the blood thing. Otherwise, I do shoplift occasionally. I'm sorry. I don't I don't want to do that either. And I have a bunch of unpaid parking tickets, both from New Haven and elsewhere. Also, I stopped paying my student loans when I came here. I thought they couldn't find me. I don't know which crime this is about, but it's one of those. You can I'm stop so sorry. now, Mr. Walker. Oh, thank God. I'm so glad I have immunity. Uh, tell me, Mr. Walker, uh, you, like all the other citizens of New Haven, uh, donate blood to the, the hospital. And, uh, in selling your blood to, uh, Rosemary Bellevue, um, is that what you believe caused you to pass out the last time you were making a donation? Did you not take into consideration that you would need to have enough blood for your donation to the hospital and for Miss Bellevue? Well, I, uh, I wanted more stuff. Uh-huh. So it didn't matter to you then? I figured it's it's got to be fine. Nobody's going to know. It's just me. Right, right. Okay. Uh, and how does your transaction with Miss Bellevue typically work? Well, I, I, I go to, I go to her, her therapy business, Be Positive Therapy. And then she she drains some blood, and we pretend that it's therapy, and then I she she gives me cash. So as far as you're aware, that therapist's office is a front for this. She does not provide that service to you or anyone. Well, I mean, I I, I don't need therapy because I'm gonna be a vampire. But I she does offer it to other people. It's not. I don't think it's like the the guy before me's. Having a rough time, and there's a lineup of people outside. Some of them are vampires, and they they wouldn't need to like give her blood. They just need to be not doing so bad, you know. The Malkavians. I want to be a vampire, but I don't want to be a Malkavian. Right. Does she uh, give you cash, or does she make a deposit to your account, or does she write you a cash. check? Cash. All right. Yeah, Do you, you see wanna... other people leaving her office with cash? Uh, I haven't seen that. So if I had some cash and let's say it was in here do I get to keep it because of my immunity no I'm afraid not I don't have any cash this episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and storyteller Ryan LaPlante at The Ryan LaPlante on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Blood and Syrup's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com. That's D E L B O R O V I C. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J A H Z Z A R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We also have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of dark. 
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Spot Allen, Flynn1138, Alorraine Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, D&D and Things, Norma Byers, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Flea Unit, Madre de Gatos, Lady Maiden, Melissa Rain, Nithrian, Garbo Ape, Locke, Sam Schaefer, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.